Welcome to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Your host is Ellen Morano. Today, along with her guest experts and co-hosts, Ellen will help contribute to your better life. This is done through the art and science of being happy. You can attract whatever you want in your life by having the right energy. By clearing your energy body, you help your physical body to better health. You'll learn breathing techniques, self-healing, meditation, and learn exercises that you can use today to help your own path to a better life. Now, here is Ellen Morano. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to the listeners from different parts of the world. Thank you for your time. Thank you for continued support. So welcome to the show with the topic of spirituality and pranic healing. So there's a saying from our teacher, Master Chua Kuksui, spirituality is a way of life. It is not just doing meditation. So we have a guest, Chandan Parameswara. He is an electrical engineer, now a full-time pranic healer and instructor. He is also the director of Center for Inner Studies, and they have a nonprofit organization to do service called Siva Circle. He is a lecturer, instructor, engineer, and an avid student of energy healing and spiritual subjects. That's why he is our guest, so he could give light to all our questions that are behind our mind or whatever is bothering us. Welcome, Chandan, to the show. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you for having me here. Okay, can you share a little story of how you stepped into spirituality? What makes you interested to spiritual subjects? Okay, that's a long topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, when I first started, um, I think when I was growing up in India, um, I was uh, raised as a uh, as a Hindu, so I was um, um, I observed people doing rituals. Um, my parents um, and I had lots of friends who were Christians, Buddhist, Muslim. So I grew up in a very multicultural, uh, multi-religious background. Um, but I was inquisitive from the get-go. And there were a lot of questions that people are not answering. Um, I had a lot of questions when I was 12, 13, 14, and I did not get a satisfactory answer in my opinion at that time. <laughs> so so I actually became an atheist for a short time. Wow. And then I started reading some spiritual books, yoga books, and so on, um, because my idea of what God is or what um, what a purpose in life is was very different at that time. So I started searching, and then I stumbled into meditation. When I was going through freshman in college, I got into meditation group, and then uh, studied some more. I was an agnostic at that time. Then slowly, uh, I was introduced to pranic healing, um, and then my life changed. Nice. So in your study, like in pranic healing, what struck you to be attracted to it? For me, when I when I first saw uh, Grandmaster Cho, I had not taken pranic healing yet. He was visiting my town in India, in Bangalore, and he was doing a, what they call a public darshan. So he was just uh, doing healing and blessing on people. It was at a medical school, actually. Um, so I went there, 
and I saw him doing healings and I thought to myself, like, if this works, then why do you need medical doctors? Why do you need medicine, etc.? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was not touching anybody, right? It's a it's a no touch healing, yes. And that kind of boggled my mind at that time. And my professor, my engineering professor at that time, who uh, who is the one who taught me meditation, etc. He told me, you know, it's easy to accept something blindly, but it's also easy to reject something blindly. Um, if a person is truly scientific, you would investigate it, you would study it further. Good. So I took it up as a challenge and. And I took the took the first pranic healing class to experiment for myself or to prove to myself that it works or it does not work. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I liked about pranic healing was that um, there is no belief forced upon you. Um, they give you the technique and then you experiment with it a month, two months, three months, and then you make your own conclusion. And I, that's the part I like the most. And even though initially when I start, first started panic healing, unlike other people who are a little more sensitive uh, because they're already used to Reiki or massage or um, Qigong or yoga or something like that, I had none of those backgrounds specific, specifically. So I did not feel a whole lot of energy or, or uh, see energy or any of that. I did not have any kind of spiritual experience that people normally uh, have. So in my case, my only way of knowing that it works is if people got better if when i worked on somebody with a headache the headache went away or if somebody had arthritic pain and the pain went away so that was my only um, way of knowing if it did anything and and i was given you know i i, I did enough experiments to to see if it works or not and there was no type of uh, belief pushed on me that it has to work and and the interesting thing was everything that I had questions about when I was an atheist or when I was an agnostic before most of those questions were answered in a logical manner in pranic healing and arhatic yoga so even though I could not feel energy I stuck around wow. <laughs> until later started f- having spiritual experiences myself well you mentioned about arhatic yoga so that's the spiritual aspect of the teachings so along your journey, what have you searched about pranic healing on your own experience? Well, um, the the teachings of Master Choa, from my point of view, can be divided into two parts: the healing, the healing wing, which is the pranic healing, and then the spiritual wing, which is the arhatic yoga. Um, I was more interested in Arhatic Yoga initially because, like I said, I was a teenager. I didn't want to heal anybody, you know, as a mm-hmm. teenager. I was a typical teenager. I, I could care less about other people's suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. My suffering was the more important thing at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Arhatic Yoga is the one that actually attracted me because I was on a spiritual journey at that time. It's only much later that I realized that you cannot call yourself spiritual and talk about experiencing oneness with with God or oneness with other people, etc., without actually lifting a finger to help them. So mm-hmm. I realized that healing and spirituality are, are as Master would say, two sides of the same coin. Um, you, so that's, that's how I got more involved in pranic healing is because of the spiritual aspect of it. Mm. Okay, for the general public, what does spirituality mean? Well, that's a very, very broad term. 
spirituality if i'm not mistaken comes from latin word i think spiritus or mm-hmm. something like that uh which if i'm not mistaken means some some kind of a disembodied entity that you know that has some consciousness and that survives death uh for some people that entity that survives death and lives beyond is soul for some people it's god mm-hmm. uh for some people it's both a combination of of both or some so spirituality is to me discovering who we really are mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. our purpose is so for those who believe in god it's knowing god's purpose why you are here etc for somebody who believes um more in soul and and purpose for a certain lifetime um mm-hmm. it's also a path of self discovery like in buddhism etc they call it self cultivation or self awareness or yoga so it's a path of figuring out who you really are um is it also like believing on the divine or believing beyond you know i know it's not visible but is it yeah. something that they have to believe to be empowered being spiritual okay so i think for some people it is belief well, especially if you come from a religious background yes for some people get into uh, spirituality because they believe already a certain things in life so and then they they try to you know what they call in psychology mental model or whatever they already have a mental model of how the world works uh based on their religion and then they try to fit their experiences into that mold um so if something happens in their life they say okay god willed it or this is the purpose of god or this is what's supposed to happen for some people it's the other way around they were not looking for to believe in non physical thing or whatever and then they had certain experiences and those experiences couldn't be explained in any other um physical way so they they started looking at non physical explanations for it and then they got into spirituality so for some people it's purely belief i think mm-hmm. it started out with for some people it's a uh, curiosity or or search for knowledge that gets them into spirituality nice yeah because most of the some people when they are in the edge of challenges they tend to ask for divine intervention or even though they are not religious or spiritual they look for something they can hang on to you know to yes for, for healing or for spiritual or for emotional enlightenment yes i think it's some part of the human psyche that does not want to accept that the the whole world is just a um a bunch of atoms coming together with no purpose <laughs> so right. as long as a person has consciousness and everything in your in our lives happens because we plan it to or we will it to consciously or subconsciously um it's hard to believe that the entire world is not a conscious or subconscious manifestation of uh something bigger you know you can give it different names uh, universal consciousness uh we can call it god we can call it anything else that we may not you know our tiny human brains may not be able to comprehend mm-hmm. but it is still self evident that there is something much larger pool of consciousness from which we all come wow that's a very beautiful explanation so you mentioned that spirituality 
getting into spirituality, you have to lift a finger. Like, what does spiritual practice entail? Do they have to be religious or whatever their culture is? What does it entail to be on the path? Okay. Um, well, I think we have to differentiate what is religion and what is spirituality. Um, for me, for me, a spiritual spiritual practice, any good spiritual f- practice will at least involve three components, three core components, mm-hmm. um, which many religions also include, but mm-hmm. most spiritual practice for sure uh, should include. One would be increasing your knowledge. Um, usually, people seek answers, right? When they get into spirituality, they're usually seeking for answers. So any good spiritual school or a spiritual practice will involve keeping a beginner's mind, as they call in Buddhism or in Zen teachings, keeping a childlike mind. Uh, I think in the Bible, it mentions also something like, until you become a child again, you shall not enter the kingdom of God or something like that. Mm -hmm. So to have a beginner's mind, to have an inquisitive mind to learn, that is part of the spiritual uh, uh, practice. Mm -hmm. You know, unless a person is inquisitive, unless a person is willing to learn, uh, if they're not willing to learn, they're not spiritual. No matter how 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 much you progress on any spiritual discipline or school, mm-hmm. the learning stops. You know, like I was talking to a medical doctor recently. He said, you know, we call it a practice because the, you know, medical practice, they call it a practice, right? Because it yeah. never ends. Um, you're constantly right. learning, constantly innovating. So something like that also applies to spirituality. The learning never stops. Uh, the second component, I think, would be compassion. Uh, or service, increasing your capacity to love, love yourself, but also love people around you, becoming mm-hmm. a better person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the third component would be developing inner strength, ability to weather the storms that come in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go through crisis, right? If yeah. if you're a spiritual person and you're going through crisis and freaking out exactly like everybody else is freaking out, mm-hmm. there is no point calling ourselves spiritual if we handle situation exactly the same way everybody else handles. So if everybody else is um, going for tit for tat or going for the other eye, the spiritual person should be the one who's taking the higher road or who's practicing forgiveness without becoming a doormat. Um, If a person is not able to do that, then I don't consider, they can call it spiritual, they can call themselves a certain religion or whatever, it doesn't mean anything because they're not practicing what this actually means to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. That, that really makes sense, sense. yes. Because so th- some me, people... Uh, uh-huh. Again, no, continue. To, no, no, to me, those those would be the three components. Something that increases your wisdom or knowledge um, and something that can be through book study, that can be through fellowship or whatever, uh, increasing compassion or service. So you are manifesting what it is to be spiritual, what it is to be happy. And then mm-hmm. developing inner strength or character to become a better person. Those, those have. Mm-hmm. So some religions already have it included. Some do not, um, do not emphasize as much. So as long as those three are included, I consider that a good spiritual practice. Very good. So with what you explained, so it really manifests that a spiritual person has a good attitude, good outlook in life. And has a good character, 
yes. a good discernment how they approach their life, the challenges, and even the success. You know, they don't put success in their mind. That's why people, successful people are so grounded because mm-hmm. being a successful businessman, you have to learn a lot, right? You have yep. to research, continuous learning and practice. So that really makes sense. So thank you, Chandan. When we come back, maybe we talk about when you said about the heart and the attitude. In pranic healing, we learn about chakras. Maybe you can share to people, like, when you're spiritual, what chakras are being activated? Or if you're not yet there, how to get there using energy healing or energy approach to get to the spiritual path. Okay? Okay. We'll be back. Thank you, Chandan. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey. Breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Okay, we're back with... Simple techniques from Chandan, how to get into the spiritual path if you're still thinking about it, or what other tips using energy healing that could step us into the path without even, you know, thinking that you're fearful of what you're going through. Okay, Chandan, can you share about pranic healing, energy healing, chakras, 
connected to spirituality. Okay, so I think, I don't know if most of your audience is familiar with chakras already, uh, the okay. energy centers uh, located um, in the body. So many traditions already talk about it. If you study yoga, they talk about chakras. Um, if you are from the Christian background, there is references to it. Um, people always say, you know, this, especially during Christmas, you say it's a season of giving or uh, Grinch has a heart. What is it? The Grinch was, uh, who stole the Christmas had heart was what, three sizes too small or something like that. Uh-huh. So... Or if somebody is very generous, you say the heart is big. Obviously, is you're not big. talking about, right? Obviously, yes. you're not talking about physical heart, which would be a medical condition. Uh-huh. If the heart is really big, um, so you, you're talking about energy centers or chakras. Now, these chakras have many, many functions. Um, from a pranic healing perspective, we say the chakras help feed prana or life force to the body. Uh, it accelerates the healing process. The reason why people with more energy or life force or vitality. Um, they heal faster, they have stronger immunity than somebody who has less vitality or less life force. Um, and most of us have experienced when we are a teenager or when we are very youthful, um, our bodies heal much faster than somebody who is not as youthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, with less sleep, you can work longer than somebody else. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just generally talking about vitality. And these chakras also have other functions, like psychological functions. In fact, from the pranic healing perspective, the chakras is what are what give you instincts. If you did not have chakras, you would not have any instincts. So, like instinct to survive is from the root chakra, the basic chakra. Um, gut instinct, what you call gut instinct, is what we call the navel chakra. Um, the solar plexus, what's normally in yoga and other tradition, they call solar plexus chakra, is the one where you experience lower emotions like anger, fear, and so on. Uh, which is why you notice when whenever people get like a n- bad news or a, they get afraid or anxious, their breathing changes, mm-hmm. right? That's the first thing yes. that changes in your body when you when you hear of a negative news or a, uh, you get in a state of emotional shock is your breathing changes. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, um, the solar plexus chakra is located right on the diaphragm. So the energy going to the diaphragm becomes erratic, which means your breathing becomes irregular, right? Yes. So that's an important thing to remember because um, that's also the reason we say when somebody's being anxious, we say take a deep breath because yeah. getting more oxygen is not making them less anxious, correct? It's a rhythmic yeah. movement of the diaphragm that helps flush the solar plexus that calms people down. Otherwise... Yeah. You should, if you're feeling more anxious in a closed off room, you should just go outside and people should not have any emotional issues. Or you should just be able to pump more oxygen into a room and people should be happy. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you when you say take deep breath or in meditation or yoga, they say do deep abdominal breathing and so on. The breathing has actually nothing to do with emotions, but indirectly the the breathing controls the chakra that is in charge of one of your emotions, lower emotions, anger, anger, anxiety, and so on. So, okay, Chandan, excuse me. So I know some people, most I've met, have shallow breathing. So that's related to what you meant, right? So much yeah. emotional stuff tend to yeah. uh, control the regular breathing, so they have shallow breathing. Yes, 
Absolutely. Okay. And and the chakra that processes emotions like lower emotions like anger, anxiety, stress, etc. are the one in your uh, near your diaphragm, right in the core mm-hmm. of your body, middle of your body. Which is why if you watch people like watching news or something horror movie or something terrible on news, the usually people cross their arms. They don't mm. close their eyes. They don't close their mm-hmm. eyes or close their ears. They, they cross their arm when they feel uncomfortable about something, right? Instinctively, so yeah. Instinctively, we're already programmed yeah. to know that that's the place you have to close off if you don't have to feel somebody else's emotions. Very beautiful. Um, the moment people become very emotional about something, they subconsciously, uh, instinctively cross their arm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's just the lower emotion, though. So the higher emotion, the one where you experience joy, happiness, uh, is in the heart. And the heart chakra controls the lungs also. So that's why you notice when you hear happy news or you're just thinking of a happy moment, uh, you just exhale. You know, you get you get so full of love that people mm. exhale hard, right? Yes. Or like a relief. It's like a relief. Yeah. Yeah. So the heart chakra is the in, the one that gives you instinct of love, happiness and joy and so on. Uh, and going up, there is also creative centers like the throat center and, you know, the one between the eyebrows. The one on the crown is the spiritual center, the one that gives you intuition, the one that gives you um, spiritual love or or a sense of responsibility for a greater good. Mm-hmm. So you can come across people who are very loving to their family and friends, but may not be loving for somebody across the world they could not necessarily care about the environment or what happens to animals or whatever else. But they will still care about their children, their grandchildren and so on. They're still good-hearted people, but not necessarily spiritual people. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? So each of these chakras have different um, um, instincts. So when a person has more of their upper chakras, like the heart chakra, crown chakra, etc., activated, we call them more spiritual or more loving. When more of the lower centers are activated, like they are driven mostly by their will to survive, uh, their will to reproduce, their their hunger for power, etc., um, then we call them more animalistic uh, tendencies. The person has more animalistic tendencies. So mm-hmm. I think many religions and spiritual traditions talk about it. So um, when a person is becoming spiritual, they are actually, I mean, everybody has the instinct to survive, instinct to reproduce and all that stuff. But when you call somebody a spiritual, it means they have higher human emotions or higher human tendencies. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how, uh, and in pranic healing, you specifically activate the chakras that are connected to your intuition, that are connected to love, joy, happiness, creativity, and so on. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how you slowly become spiritual. Good. But Master Chowa Kuksui uh, also emphasized about discernment, that we cannot be a doormat, right? Like we can be yeah. loving, but we have to have the right um, discernment or decision. Can you explain that further? Yes. Um, I think it's mostly because of the way we grow up. Um, in in religion, it is always usually thought it's better to show the other cheek or uh, it's better to be the victim than the aggressor, so to speak. Mm. So... I think many, many spiritual uh, discipline, we, uh, especially many spiritual people, confuse assertiveness with aggressiveness. Mm. So we are somehow taught or we believe ourselves 
that being assertive is the same as being aggressive. Hmm. So we don't end up standing up for ourselves um, even when we are right because being assertive, somehow we feel like we are being a mean person or a bad person. Does it make hmm. sense? Yes. So, so we avoid assertiveness uh, in order to not appear aggressive. So the other aspect of that is also when people, like spiritual people, have difficulty differentiating between being selfish uh, and being having a healthy self-interest. They think having yeah. a healthy self-interest is the same as being selfish. Right. So when opportunities come in their life or successes come in their life, they have a tendency to self-sabotage or not accept the money or not accept credit or whatever else because somehow subconsciously they think that accepting those things means that I'm being selfish because being spiritual in their mind means giving up everything. Too much yeah. giving, so, just giving yeah. and not receiving. Not receiving, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the way Master Cho explained it, the, the, like our teacher explained it, um, you cannot keep exhaling without inhaling. At some point right. you have to inhale. You know, that's one of the things they talk about in Taoism also is life is a series of exhalation and inhalation. Anytime that cycle is broken, there is going to be misery. If a person is only take, 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 but never gives, there is going to be misery in life. If a person is only give, 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 but does not take, then also the person will have end up with issue. So the way Master Cho explained it is life is a cycle. You have to inhale, you have to exhale. Um, you know, you have to drink, you have to pee, you know. Yes. <laughs> you have, so it's everything in nature is cyclical. So being spiritual means being in harmony with that law of nature. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So what is a specific step they can do? Like just even feeding the homeless will, or feed or give somebody help that will activate their heart to be more loving? Okay, yes. So there are several ways of activating the heart. One could be through uh, act of kindness. Every time you do random act of kindness, your heart opens. So... That's why you notice when you're busy helping other people who are in trouble, your own pain doesn't appear to mean much. You know, you can talk to any mothers around the world when they're busy helping their kids, their own back pain or their own leg pain is not even in their top of their mind. Right. So yeah. and every time you help somebody, whether it's at the soup kitchen or a homeless shelter or wherever else, you you notice you you get a sense of peace, a sense of joy after you have done an act of kindness. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's called, you know, if you if you talk to uh, neurologists, etc., they talk about, uh, I think the neuroscientists call it oxytocin or one of the hormones that are released, the happy hormones when you, when you help people. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so act of kindness activates the heart itself, gives you a sense of joy or happiness. Now, doing it over a period of time makes you habitually happy. Mm-hmm. You know, to a point where if you were helping out at the soup kitchen and you don't go anymore, you will notice you're missing something in life. You know, initially you may be complaining going to the place, but after you have gotten a taste of it, after you've helped a certain number of people, uh, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot not wait to get out and, and help those people. So that's one way of activating the heart is by helping other people. The other way to ha activate the heart would be to... Um, through visualization, like they do in yoga, the, you can chant certain mantras uh, that are connected to compassion. You know, like mm -hmm. thinking of 
helping people in need, uh, blessing people who are in need, praying for people who are in need. Those also activate the compassion or the heart within you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be one way to do it. So some people do it through visualization. Some people do it through chants. Some people do it through acts of service. So there are many ways of activating the heart. And all of them, regardless of what you start, they become kind of merged with each other. And the yeah, so it actually makes the person more happy. In fact, I think there are several studies that have done that shows if a person is depressed, one of the things that seems to help them a lot is to be on a path of service, to be on a path of empowerment. That's why mm-hmm. even in, uh, I think, Alcoholic Anonymous, I think, they did a study of uh, several people who have gone through that program over the years. They noticed that only people who have gone through all the 12 steps, like you mm-hmm. could go through 11 steps. Yeah. But you could, there is a chance of uh, falling back mm-hmm. uh, even mm-hmm. after 11 steps. But people have gone through 12 steps, the last step, the 12th step, it's very rare that they actually fall back. And when you think about it, the 12th step is the one that actually empowers them. They become yeah. a mentor for somebody else. They start helping someone else. Yeah. So since, you know, severe alcoholism, you notice a lot of times it's it's a way of masking emotional pain or depression or whatever. Yeah. Um, them being able to help other people and act, that that's the step that actually activates their heart and gives them a sense of purpose and empowerment, right? That's the one that yeah. actually spiritualizes them, makes them responsible for somebody else's life. And that's the one that seems to have helped most people. And it Good. makes you habitually happy. Yeah, that's why, you know, I encountered many people with uh, addiction issues. They tend to be therapists after, which they can relate more, right? with their peers who's undergoing the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Because empathy, you know, empathy comes from experience. Mm-hmm. Right? The reason some people become compassionate is because they go through pain in their life. If you have gone through gone through a financially very difficult time, if somebody else in your family is going through that same problem now, mm-hmm. you will know exactly what it is to go through that pain. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, I've, I've come across several people who talk of cancer lightly until somebody in their family has cancer and all of a sudden they're very empathetic to people with cancer, mm-hmm. right? So most people, the most people, their way of activating the heart is through experience in life. They become more understanding and compassionate to other people because they have gone through difficult times in their life. Yeah, not yeah? only so, that, mm-hmm. they know the right approach, how to help them. Yes, exactly. And that, that empowers them. And yeah, so that, that actually, that's the reason actually people get into service um, after, you know, in, from a spiritual perspective, that's one of the advantages of going through difficult things in life is because it develops character. Mm-hmm. You know, suffering there, always develops character. Good. Is there specific meditation that could also activate the heart? Yeah, the one in uh, pranic healing we we emphasize is the meditation on twin hearts. Um, it's it's called the twin hearts because it's connected to the heart chakra we talked about and the spiritual heart, the crown chakra. Okay. So, yeah, so it's connected to that, and um, it is it's super simple, but it's very 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 powerful. And it's also and, world service, right? 
yes, it involves visualization, focusing on the heart, thinking of a happy event in your life, and um, imagining the earth in front of you and blessing the earth. So it involves visualization, it involves prayer, uh, it involves certain chants also. Mm-hmm. So it's an excellent, simple technique to activate the heart. I I highly, highly recommend it. You know, I've done it for since 1998 uh, is when I got introduced to meditation on twin hearts. So I've been doing it for about 20 years and I cannot recognize myself <laughs> to how I was before. So it's I an know. amazing transformative meditation. I know how we handle things, you know. Like we could easily panic then, but now we know how yep. to handle ourselves. Yes. So yep. also the meditation in Twin Hearts is in the episode of, I think episode four, where we oh, posted. Okay. Yeah, we have the meditation Twin Hearts there. So anybody can go back to that episode, and you can continue listening about meditation Twin Hearts. Okay. We'll be back with Chandan. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. 
To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Welcome back. So, Chandan will share more about meditation twin hearts, his experience, and how can we benefit from it. Okay, Chandan? Okay. Um, well, like I said earlier, I've been doing the meditation twin hearts for about 20 years. So, uh, what I realized was, um, like you said earlier, you become habitually happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, like I realized... Every person has a natural natural frequency they vibrate at, mm-hmm. right? I think most of most of your listeners know that. Yes. Every person has a certain frequency or a vibe they 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 radiate at. And if somebody is very negative, you say this person gives off lots of negative vibe, and you don't like to hang around with them because the more time you spend with them, the more drained you get. Energetically, mm-hmm. you feel very drained or depressed just being with them, right? Yeah. So, uh, some people are habitually hang angry. Some people are, you know, habitually stressed. So every person has a, a natural state of uh, emotion at rest, right? They could be stimulated to do something else, like they could be temporarily happy, and then they'll go back to their normal state of yes. being depressed or angry. Some people are naturally happy, so they may be temporarily stressed for a few hours, but then they'll, when, they, when the dust settles, they'll go back to their happy state, you know, or a spiritual person will go back to the way they think. They may temporarily be practical in business when mm-hmm. they're dealing with business stuff. But then the moment the business hours are done, they'll go back to reading spiritual books or scripture or whatever. Mm-hmm. So every person has a, a certain frequency. Uh, the one I noticed was myself. Um, I was extremely angry. <laughs> I don't know if it was just because I was a teenager or just because I had a lot of opinions. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was an atheist at that time. Um, I had a problem with, uh, what do you call it? Uh, with authority, with people telling me what to do, what not to do. Mm-hmm. So basically, I had a lot of issues mentally and emotionally, I guess. So over the years, as I did meditation on Twin Hearts, as the heart became more active, I noticed less of, less of my tendencies of vindictiveness, uh, irritability, and so on. Mm-hmm. So even if I get stressed out because the situation, you know, is not within my control, mm-hmm. I noticed I can bounce back very, very quickly now compared to what I used to um, several years ago. You know, a, a, a small, a small argument could could take away my happiness for days <laughs> or cause I me know. to have nights. Right? Yeah. Been there. Yeah. With, with meditation, especially meditation on Twin Hearts, I notice my natural state has become that of contentment. So it's easy for me to go back into the state of gratitude or contentment a lot more than it's easy for me to go into the state of anger or stress. So that was, I think that is the main advantage of long-term spiritual practice. It doesn't matter what spiritual practice you do. As long as it's a good spiritual, like I said earlier, something that gives you wisdom, something that increases your level of compassion or gives you an avenue for service and develops your character. Um, doesn't matter if it's a if it's a mystical Christianity school, if it is Islam, if it is Hinduism, pranic healing, whatever. 
any good spiritual school, um, the long-term effect of the spiritual practice is to change your mental model, is to change your default state that you vibrate from. You know? I like and that as, word, default state. It's the default state. Everybody has a default state, mentally and emotionally. It's, it's, our, it's our job to slowly purify it and to take it to a higher level. So when you compare yourself five years from now, you will be in a different, higher state than you were before. You know, like if, nice. if after 10, 15 years, you're still the exact same person you were 10, 15 years ago, that means there has been no growth, no experience, no wisdom, right? <laughs> no compassion. <laughs> so hopefully every 10 years, when you look back, you should be different. We are not perfect, obviously, but as we look back, we should be better than we were before. That's the whole point of spirituality, right? Yeah. As the teacher said, you know, the develop, if you're in the path, the development is spiral. You, yes. There are like little bumps, but still you're heading upwards. Yes, yes. Development is cyclical, but still on an upward trend. You may have ups and downs, but you're still overall going upwards. That's the more important part. I agree. Yes. But Chandan, yeah. I remember Grandmaster was saying about spirituality being grounded, that we cannot preach in an empty stomach. So usually most of the pranic killers make it balanced that at the same time they're more spiritual, they're also financially successful. Yes. Well, yeah. Um, I remember Master was saying that too. Uh, you cannot serve on an empty stomach. Right? You cannot, uh -huh. you cannot call yourself... Uh, uh, what does it say in the Bible? Something about being a brother's keeper. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember Master talking about that in one of the lectures. Um, mm -hmm. So you you cannot call yourself spiritual that we are all connected to each other and there is only oneness and you know we are all children of God, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, when you cannot even uh, lift a finger to help a person, a spiritual brother or sister uh, who is suffering next to us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think. Sometimes there is a disconnect in, in spiritual schools where they talk about spirituality uh, from an intellectual standpoint so much that it becomes almost like a holier-than-thou attitude mm -hmm. where, you know, where people develop a sense of spiritual pride, like we are somehow holier, we know some teachings that other people don't know, or we are so refined or compassionate, you know, <laughs> so... Uh, but Master Chowa being super practical, he always encourages us to do, do service, to, to manifest the, the goodness within us. And I've noticed a lot of pranic healers, a lot of Arhatic yogis uh, do feeding programs. Uh, mm -hmm. Go and volunteer at Habitat for Humanity or whatever. In our case, we have a non-profit organization called uh, Seva Circle. Seva in Sanskrit literally means service. So... We go and actually help out some, uh, you know, domestic abuse centers, uh, you know, feeding homeless people and so on. But many other people do the same. So the concept that the spiritual people should be, what did Master Joa say? Should, are not anemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'll know, say yeah. this one. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, read his quote. He said, people on the spiritual path are not anemic. They must be sharp strong and courageous being spiritual means being powerful dynamic and intelligent yep well said yep so yes. 
as he said you know when when you when you have more wisdom when you have of a when you are of a better character or you are becoming a better person and have a stronger will power and you are more compassionate what's the point of having all those characteristics inside you but if you do not manifest it if you do not show it in your life um, if you do not increase your capacity of service mm-hmm. if you do not increase your capacity of sharing your information or knowledge mm-hmm. then there is no point right in a, in a, yeah. in certain sense it's almost spiritual selfishness where you are the only one studying books and absorbing information you know you are the only one becoming happier and benefiting from all the spiritual meditations mm-hmm. but you're not sharing that with other people so yeah the, actually actually the more spiritual a person is the more they should be oriented towards service towards helping other people in need yeah, yeah. to to me that is that is the core of all the spiritual teachings yeah in pranic psychotherapy the teacher said the condition of your chakra the behavior okay. affects the condition of your chakra or the other way around yeah. so if your chakras are like the heart chakra is strong and clean and as well as the crown chakra so it's just inevitable to go out and help Agreed. So yeah, so the yeah. the energy aspect of the physical and emotional body is very important, also, right? Yes, absolutely, and and that's an that you you bring up a very good point. You know, as the people's heart opens and their crown opens, they have a stronger spiritual connection. Um, as they experience joy and happiness or compassion towards others, it becomes harder and harder not to help other somebody else in pain. Before you could see somebody in pain and feel sorry for them but not actually do anything about it as your heart opens up more or your crown opens up more just like you would do for your own child you mm-hmm. would you would do what is necessary to help your kid if they're suffering you start doing the same thing to strangers it yeah. becomes harder and harder not to do anything and that's actually brings us to the core of all spiritual practice is it is to it is to kick in morality on a higher level within you you know like you can master choice to say you can put as many laws as possible you can put as many borders as possible because until people's mind changes until people change internally nothing mm-hmm. will change right it's okay. all temporary so when when your heart and crown opens you notice that the golden rule kicks in yes because spiritual laws inherently we all know the golden rule um so when the crown opens and the heart opens you you realize what is harmful for me is harmful for other people what is not good for me or painful for me is also painful for other people so you stop refraining from doing harm and on also the positive aspect of the golden rule is what, do unto others what you want others to do unto you so you start actually helping people um as you would like to be helped right you start showing yes. generosity to people as you want to be shown you know generosity from other people so the golden rule automatically kicks in nobody has to say it because it belongs to certain religion nobody has to force them to give money to to the poor or needy right nobody has to force them to be a nicer person or not to break the law uh, yeah. inherently they will know not to break the law they will know to be nice to other people mm-hmm. so that's actually comes back to the core of spirituality as people become more spiritual the the laws of nature uh the divine laws of nature automatically start manifesting in your consciousness you know harming other people won't even cross your mind yeah 
that's what I love in the pranic healing and hardik yoga, because it's not a blind obedience or blind faith, but you really have to work on yourself to get to where you want to. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's structured spiritual practice, as Master Joyce to say. <laughs> yeah, we just don't, you know, chant all the mantras and wait for the money to fall or whatever yep. your your wishes are. You have yep. to work for it and then you achieve it. Okay, Chandan, yep. can you share your classes? Where are you? Can you share where you at, your classes and future classes you have or any activities oh. you have in your center? Um well, I live in Madison, Wisconsin, but I, I travel almost every weekend to different states. So, well, I have one coming up in uh, Michigan, uh, I think April 7th or so, um, level one pranic healing. So I, I teach pranic healing classes. I teach meditation classes, super brain yoga and, and others. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can go to pranastudies.com or pranichealing.com. Also, my schedule is there. Uh, or you can follow me on Facebook, etc. So... Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chandan. So all Thank inquiries you. go to pranikilling.com or pranistudies.com and go to, they have their bios if you want to get in touch with them. They have their emails. And if you want to learn more about pranic healing. Thank you so much, Chandan, for your time. Any Thank announcement you. you would like to say? No. Is that the classes Thank you have? Um, well, my schedule, I'm, I'm in many states, so the best place would be to go to pranichealing.com or pranastudies.com and they can see all my schedule coming up, at least for the next few months. Wonderful. Good. Okay. So, Thanks. Chandan is a very good instructor, a pranic healer. So, stay in touch and see you again next week. We still have two more episodes to learn more. And if you have questions... Feel free to email. We have the most powerful full moon in April 29. Yep. Go to pranikilling.com to learn more about it. It's the best way to start your spiritual path or spiritual practice or get your feet fat. I get your feet wet. <laughs> Sorry. Again, thank you so much. Namaste. Thank you, Chandan. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Please join your host, Ella Murano, and her panel of guest experts again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a positive week.